0: You must know the times. Answers to 25 essential questions on End Times Prophecy. A powerful new book by Dennis James Woods. Wildfires, earthquakes, hurricanes, and floods that devastates entire communities. Global pandemics that kills hundreds of thousands of people. Social injustice, unrest and lawlessness that threatens our societies. Where is this world heading? And what does the Bible say about the end times? You Must Know the Times is an eye-opening book specifically designed to educate readers about the last days. You will learn what the Bible says about conflicts in the Middle East, the Tribulation Period, the Nation of Israel, the Mark of the Beast, the Antichrist, Armageddon, the Rapture of the Church, and many more essential topics. Get your copy today of You Must Know the Times by Dennis James Woods at Amazon, iTunes, Google Books, Barnes & Noble, or wherever books are sold.
1: Hey have an ear let them hear what the spirit says to the churches hello everyone this is dr dennis james woods revelation 1 3 says blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein for the time is at hand you have just Entered the Revelation Revolution. Hello, everyone out there. This is Doctor Dennis James Woods. And thank you so much for joining us at the Revelation Revolution. For many years, I have studied the book of Revelation, and God has given me some very, very, very powerful insights about this amazing book of prophecy. I want to share those things with you, just a little bit about myself. I've been studying the book of Revelation since the early 1970s, when I first uh, joined the Navy, read my first Hal Lindsay book, we're talking 1974-75, uh, my first Clarence Larkin books, and I became very interested in end time prophecy. At the time, being in the service, sailing around the Pacific Ocean and the Indian Ocean, near the Middle East, Persian Gulf and all that region, biblical prophecy just became alive to me. As I watched the fulfillment, began to read a lot of the literature and the things that were going on on the earth, I just was really drawn into a study of revelation. But one of the things that I noticed over the years is that there were many, many established theologies or systems of interpretation of Revelation and uh, some like the historical interpretation, the allegorical interpretation, uh, the preterist uh, view and the partial preterist view the dispensationalist or the futuristic view uh, there are many of them in that final camp the futuristic view or uh, some of them are called dispensationalists. but in that futuristic view there are some main doctrines that come down to us that help us interpret the book of Revelation because granted there are so many symbols And there's so many metaphors, even allegories, that are in the book of Revelation that evoke sometimes a lot of apprehension and fear those people not understanding these frightful images like a gr- gr- great red dragon that has seven heads and 10 horns and has a tail and a beast that rises up out of the sea having seven heads and 10 horns it had a uh, like a leopard a bear and a lion and 10 horns and there's false prophets there's great horrors drinking Uh, vials of blood and just these things that evoke so much, oh my God, what is this stuff? And so, down through the centuries there have, again, there have been many interpretations of the book of Revelation and as a matter of fact uh, when the Bible was being completed or canonized uh, the 66 books that were uh finally voted on at Carthage in 397 the bottom line is ladies and gentlemen is that revelation almost did not make it in the canon of scriptures is one of the last it was a uh, revelation i think second peter and also a uh, third john uh, or a few of those that that they they had some issues with And some of the uh, issues that uh, the book of the Revelation had is this, uh, people just didn't know how to interpret it. And to whom it was written and who was the the authorship, many of those things all came into question. But long story short, it ended up in our scriptures. And thank God that it did. By the providence of God, God saw fit to put the book of the Revelation in. The interesting thing about all scripture is all scripture was given by inspiration of God. It's God breathed glory to God. But the bottom line is, is many have not known how to interpret the book of Revelation. And so, again, there are different systems, the futuristic system, the preterist system. One of my favorite uh, uh, theologians that I love listening to, uh, Dr. R.C. Sproul from Legionnaire Ministries out in Florida, uh, he is a preterist. Uh, he does not believe that there, uh, there's futuristic aspect of revelation, and that these things, all those things, were um, uh, fulfilled in 70 A.D. at the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem by Titus, the, the general Titus, and uh, and then one of the people that he. Uh, uh, is very close to is Dr. John MacArthur. And Dr. John MacArthur, like a lot of pre-tribulationists, would vehemently disagree with that position. And so, before we get into our study, one of the things that I would just really like to say in the beginning is, number one, ladies and gentlemen, this is not a soteriological argument. Soteriological is another theological term. Soteriology is the study of salvation. This is not a salvation issue so far as which system that you have been taught or you ascribe to. Oh, glory to God. There are many of you that are gonna be listening to this podcast who who are not settled on this at all because you don't read the book of the Revelation. And we're gonna to get to why a lot of people don't even read the book of Revelation. But the bottom line is, is this is not a salvation a salvific issue if you are born again when the lord returns no matter what position you are pre-trib post-trib mid-trib pre-wrath as i teach and quote unquote uh let me just say uh uh uh, parenthetically here that it's not the same version of pre-wrath that uh marvin rosenthal uh, uh, asserts uh, I remember when I put out my first book Unlocking the Door, the Key to Biblical Prophecy while I was uh, on staff at the Milwaukee Rescue Mission in 1994-1995 uh, uh, when that book was published published by uh, Huntington House uh, I had also espoused a position called pre raf but it is not Marvin the same as Marvin Rosenthal I actually corresponded with uh, Marvin uh, but this is, this is what I'm teaching is different you will find that is it is radically different because a lot of the things that are taught in pre-tribulationism we're going to address directly and then we're going to find out that really pre-tribulationism is a highly theological position and a lot of the things that they assert are, aren't in the bible it's just that these are theological conclusions and and uh, and and i know what a lot of people would, would say that are that are listening to this would probably say that well dr Woods, you're just another one of these people on a on a soapbox but it's not just that I actually wrote to two of the top pre-trib proponents both of the men of god are going on to be with the lord now but out of dallas theological seminary uh dr john walvord was one of the people that i wrote in. e dwight pentecost and uh, those that know are familiar with that name e dwight pentecost or dr walvord i mean dr walvord has commentaries out uh the uh, bible knowledge commentary he's written many many books uh e dwight pentecost has written many books but his his uh uh, his greatest work would probably be Things to Come that was published back in the in the 50s. And it is a reference book, several hundred pages uh, uh, on everything eschatological, and it really espouses the, uh, the pre-trib position. And so his is the book that I use to dispute uh, the claims that pre-tribulationism makes. And we're going to be using uh, Things to Come in the future Um, when uh, we get into some of the more specific aspects of the doctrine. But also, um, uh, uh, while I was on staff at the Milwaukee Rescue Mission, I also had the opportunity uh, to take a break from my duties at the uh, rescue mission and take a revelation class taught by uh, Donald Carson, uh, D.A. Carson. Uh, Those of that that, that name may be very familiar to you. uh, he uh, is the uh, the uh, author uh, and the editor of one of the uh, one of the great uh, commentary series. Actually, he's been to several of them, but uh, the Pillar Commentary uh, series. Uh, he wrote the Gospel According to John, and also in the. Expositor's Bible Commentary, he is responsible for Matthew. Uh, If you have the Zondervan NIV Study Bible, D.A. Carson is the one, the editor of that. His award-winning book, The Gagging of God, which is just an apologetic Treasure Trove uh, and many many other great works well I decided to take a revelation course with Dr. Carson uh, because specifically to test out my theories that I actually had in my espoused in my first book which is Unlocking the Door to Key to Biblical Prophecy so I ended up writing a paper uh, uh, in that class uh, disputing some of the positions that Dr. Walvoord and Dr. Pentecost uh, espoused in his book things to come uh, because uh, Dr. Walvoord is quoted uh, in that book as well Uh, but the bottom line is and I never will forget uh, the staff at the Milwaukee Rescue Mission they basically laughed at me and said yeah yeah see what see see what kind of grade you get uh, glory to God and I'll never forget that because uh, when I wrote my paper uh and gave it to dr carson and showing some of the fallacies and some of the weaknesses of pre-tribulationism uh i got an a minus on that paper and uh, uh to get an a minus from one of the top new testament theologians in the world right now uh uh dis uh uh um contradicting not contradicting but showing weaknesses in the positions that the people like Dr. Walvoord and Dr. Pentecost put in all of their reference work which Dallas Theological Seminary founded by Lewis Berry Schaefer uh, w- were known to be the dispensationalist camp I mean these guys were at the top of the heap uh, those of you that may not know these names just may not understand the significance of the impact they've actually had on dispensational eschatology and so uh, it was very, it was a real honor to have uh, had the uh another theologian uh think enough of my work in my position uh that i was actually given an a minus i don't know what it what's up with those a minuses i don't know these professors like giving those a minuses out but uh and i also got an a a minus in the class overall and on that paper as well and so so i say that to say that i'm not just some person out here that has something to say excuse me and they think that because they read a few books or something like that and uh you know now they they know something it's not like that ladies and gentlemen the reason why i am doing this series is because most christians most Protestant Christians, I would say the vast majority of them, that have been taught anything about the rapture theories or the end end of times or the end times or eschatology, whatever word you want to use for it, the last days, whatever, is that the church will not be here when all of this stuff is going down, and so that is why this program is called Revelation. Revolution is because I am challenging those of you who have, who are open-minded to want to understand and study the book of Revelation without any constructs of dispensationalism or pre-tribulationism or mid-trib or any of those trib stuff. We're not going to do that in this study. What we're going to do is we're actually just going to read the book. We're going to read the book and see what the book says. We're going to let the book speak to us because the book has the Word of God in it. And let's let the Word of God speak and minister to our hearts because there are going to be people who are going to be impacted a great deal by the things that are written in the book of the Revelation. Now, some of us have been taught, like I said, that this doesn't apply to the church and basically basically this is the reason for this is is the people that teach pre-trib say after chapters 2 and 3 of Revelation which are the letters to the seven churches the addresses to the seven churches that after the third chapter the word church is not mentioned again so that's evidence now they don't base their whole doctrine on that some if you have a scofield reference bible for example if you look at the footnote for revelation four one and when the uh when john says i heard a voice uh talking like a trumpet uh a voice sounded like a trumpet speak to me and saying come up hither," and i was uh, i went into heaven in the in, in the spirit on the lord's day and all of that he was taken up and so ladies and gentlemen the footnote in the Schofield Reference Bible, at least the one that I have, says that this seems to be the fulfillment of the rapture because the church isn't mentioned. And so, pre-tribulationism—they do a lot of song and dance around that. Some are less dogmatic, people like John MacArthur, less dogmatic about insisting that John being caught up into heaven at the after the letters of the churches were completed as a being symbolic for the church being raptured is just—it's just pushing it way, way beyond. You know, that's really isogential, isog. Exegetical just simply means reading into the text what is not there. Exegetical, exegetical meanings uh, extract out of the text what is there, what was intended by the author. And so the bottom line is we will find that there are a lot of theological propositions put forth by trip. Pre-tribulationism that has people under the mindset that if the church is not here after the third chapter of Revelation and isn't even mentioned again to chapter nineteen, then they say the book of Revelation really doesn't apply to Christians. It's 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 not it's it it doesn't apply to us. The church is not mentioned. The church is not here, and all of that. But ladies and gentlemen, that is the position that they take it's not that that's what the bible says and i want to be very clear about that i want to be very clear about that this difference from having a theological conclusion and a difference between something being explicit in the scriptures of course that's not explicit uh that's a theological position and that was one of the things that i talked to dr walvord and dr pentecost about uh and and many people that Uh, have another position other than pre-tribulationism, they would also have uh, some issues with that uh, interpretation. And so the bottom line is many people don't read the book of Revelation. One of the reasons is mysterious, scary, too many symbols. I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense. You know, it's like looking at something through a kaleidoscope that is, is, is shifting and changing and different scenes here and scenes there, and it's hard, okay, but granted. And then others say, well, the reason why I don't read it is because I'm just waiting on the rapture, and it doesn't apply to us anyway, so therefore, we're not going to read the book of Revelation. And because people don't read it, people don't know what's in it, people don't know what God's plan was for the people that are going to be living during that time, they're not up on that. They're just simply, oh, I'm waiting on the rapture, and that's all there is to it. But the interesting thing I would like to say is uh, when you take that position, are you really doing damage to the whole purpose and the reason of why God gave the book of the revelation in the first place. In other words, did God give revelation so that theologians with THD and DD behind their names, glory to God, did he write the book of revelation so theologians who writing books and teachings and seminaries could tell us, oh, this doesn't apply to the church. I mean, is is, is this the reason why the almighty, omnipotent, omniscient God gave the book of Revelation, ensured that it was canonized, glory to God, ensured that it made it into the Bible, ensured that the only Bible, the only book of the New Testament designated prophecy is the book of Revelation for some people who put on their pants and uh, 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 live and die, and just like we do, fallible human beings, to come and say God's word doesn't apply to the church. I don't, I, ladies and gentlemen, would challenge any human being to ever step in that office and make that type of determination. And one of the reasons why I say that is, is what it says in Revelation chapter 1, verse number 3. Listen to this. Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein for the time is at hand listen to this ladies and gentlemen a blessing for those who read this book and keep those words that are written therein it is obvious that God wanted to make a point here that this book the only book that open uh, the only book out of the 66 that opens up like this that has a blessing for those who even read this how is it that through our own doctrines we have relegated revelation to just simply informational don't apply to us Oh no god you really could have stuck something else in there between uh chapter four and uh uh between from chapter four to chapter 18 you could put something else in there. it doesn't apply to the church or you or revelation it could just be uh 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 just a few chapters you know, at at the end of the letters to the seven churches, then we could just skip right over to the Lord returning and Revelation 19 with well, all of His saints. Glory to God! And just all that other stuff in the middle don't need to know it. Doesn't apply to us. The problem with that train of thought is is scriptures like this one. Let's turn to. Revelation chapter 13. And I want to read to you what it says. Verse number 9. If any man have an ear, let him hear. He that leadeth into captivity, into captivity leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity he that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword here is the patience and the faith of the saints now if we just take that same verse and let's go over to the NIV the NIV, NIV renders this a little differently. It said, whoever has ears, whoever has ears, and that's that's interesting, that, that means anybody, let them hear. If anyone is to go into captivity, into captivity, he, they will go. If anyone is to be killed with a sword, with a the sword, they will will be killed this calls for patient endurance and faithfulness on the part of God's people now in the King James Version it says this calls for patient endurance and the faith of the Saints Hagios in the Greek, those people that are set apart, that's what the church is, we're the called out ones from the the ecclesia where we get the word ecclesiastic from they are the ones whom God foreknew before the foundation of the world, these saints are here, these are people who have been faithful to Jesus glory to God and this is really interesting when we go to let's go to Revelation 14 I just want to read a little bit here glory to God because this is also very powerful at verse number 11 Now, let's go back to verse number nine. He says, And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast and his image and receive his mark and his forehead on a hand, the same shall drink the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. Footnote we find the execution of this in revelation 16, but let me keep reading and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of holy angels and in the presence of the lamb and the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever. And they have no rest day or night who worship the beast and his image and whosoever receive the mark of his name. Here is the patience of the saints here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Verse number 13. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Write, blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, and their works do follow them. Now, let me go back and read the same in the NIV. Glory to God. This is good stuff, ladies and gentlemen. I just want you to just hang in there with me. From the NIV, the same passage. A third angel followed him and said with a loud voice, If any man worships the beast, and this image and receives its mark on their forehead or in their hand or on their hand, they too will drink the wine of God's fury, which has been poured full strength into the cup of his wrath. They will be tormented with burning sulfur and the presence of holy angels and the lamb and the smoke of their torment will rise forever and ever. And there will be no rest day or night for those who worship the beast and his image or for anyone who receives the mark of its name verse number 12 listen to what it says very carefully this calls for patient endurance on the part of the people of God who keep his commandments and remain faithful to Jesus then glory to God and remain faithful to Jesus let me I lost my place here let me, let me, let me get it back here sorry for that Verse number 12 Let me read that again This calls for patient endurance On the part of, God's, of the people of God Who keep his commandments And remain faithful to Jesus Then I heard a voice from heaven saying Write this Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord From now on Yes Says the spirit For they will rest From their labor For their deeds Will follow them Now, ladies and gentlemen, from these two passages, both in Revelation 13 and Revelation 14, here these passages are talking about, verse number 12, let me read it again, this calls for patient endurance on the part of the people of God who keep his commandments and remain faithful to Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, these are Christians. This isn't Muslims. This isn't Buddhists. This isn't that this, this, this is not Hindus. These are Christians who at this point in history, futuristic history, well, I say future is in history because revelation, we read it like a history book, even though it hasn't happened yet, because God is already in the future and can give John these revelations. He, John wasn't looking at a crystal ball predicting anything. He was actually seeing, glory to God, these things. That's how powerful God is. He's already in tomorrow. He's already in all of that. He's in the eternal now. There is no past or future with God. Those are designations of time. That mortal beings that we use to measure because we only have a certain amount of time, therefore, we have to measure it in a time and space continuum. But in eternity, time has no relevance. Glory to God! But here you have God writing. And saying to the Christians at that time, this is some of the stuff you're going to have to endure. You're going to have to endure being persecuted, martyred locked up all the whole nine yards but of course that's no different than the first second and third century question. it's no different than people of god have always been persecuted have always been persecuted dying for the faith this is nothing new our history is full of people remaining faithful to god under odds even the pain of death always has been read the book of hebrews chapter 11 it's full uh, in, in the uh in the uh pantheon of faith the hall of fame of faith glory to god it mentions how people were cut in half run through with the sword torn to pieces by wild beasts and the bible says the world was not worthy of these people So here in the book of Revelation, we have a message to a people of a group that's going to be living and on the earth at this time that God calls being faithful. People who are faithful to Jesus and are faithful to the word of God under the threat of death. My question is, without the Holy Spirit, how is it that you can go through that if you're not really converted and born again? And this is why in Revelation 14, we have this Holy Spirit who speaks very little in the book of Revelation. We find him saying, yes, saith the Spirit, their works do follow them. They will be comforted. Now, here you have the comforter guaranteeing their comfort. Then I read it again, Revelation 14:13. It says, Then I heard a voice from heaven saying, Write this: blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit. Oh, hallelujah. The comforter, the paracletos, the one that Jesus gave, the one that he came and is alongside us. Glory to God to lead and guide us in all truth. The comforter, the one who gives the comforter. Here he's speaking of these people who are being martyred. And he himself says, yes, glory to God. They will rest from their labor, for their deeds do follow them. In other words, they said, be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. He said, these are those who love not their life unto the death. Oh, glory to God. The problem that we have that is before us is that Pre-Trib says these are not Christians. Because the church is already gone. This is another group they had to create and call them the tribulation saints. And the reason why they had to come up with that designation, because it is clear there are believers that the Bible basically calls Christians, people that remain faithful to Jesus, keep the word of God and his commandments, whom the Holy Spirit guaranteed. Guaranteed that re- they will Receive their reward But because These Christians Are there Pre-trib says Well that's not the church The, ch- the, the church was gone The Revelation At the end of Revelation chapter 3 the, ch- the word church is not found In Revelation so so these can't be Christians These are them other folk." Ladies and gentlemen, the book of Revelation makes no such distinction. These are Christians. The last generation of church saints before the rapture. This is why I want to talk to you. This is why I want to minister to you. This is why I want to share with you the insight that God has given me into the book of Revelation. And by the time I am finished with this, ladies and gentlemen, I guarantee you, you'll never see the book of Revelation the same way again. Truly, this is a Revelation revolution. We are going to be tackling the tough doctrinal hurdles that other interpretations of revelation struggle with. We're going to be talking about who is the restrainer that is holding back the revealing of the Antichrist. And this is very important because it sets up everything. We have to understand who Paul was talking about in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Once we cover that, then we're going to come back to the book of Revelation and we're going to start from the beginning. We're going to deal with why we take people, the pre-tribulation position does not see the church in the book of Revelation. Why the word church isn't mentioned after glory to God chapter number three we're going to deal with that because there's a reason for that glory to god and it's and it's not really any heavy theological reason it's a very simple reason of why you see it like that glory to god we're going to deal with the church of philadelphia when god says i will keep you from that hour of trial that's going to come to try the whole world whether he was actually saying that that he was keeping them from the rest of the book of revelation Glory to God or whether or whether that was uh, uh, a whether that's a promise not to let the church enter into any of Daniel's 70 week. We got to get into why they say the tribulation is a seven year. We got to talk about who is the Antichrist. We have to do the revealing of the Antichrist ladies and gentlemen when we finish this we're going to be looking at the seventh trumpet we're going to see why the seventh trumpet is so important we're going to look at Revelation chapter 10 where John was told to prophesy again to the nation's kings and the tongues who were those people that John was told to prophesy again to we're going to look at what's restraining the Antichrist What's holding him back? Ladies and gentlemen, when we finish this, I promise you, you will not see the book of Revelation again. It is an inspired book that Christians need to know because we are rapidly approaching the times written therein. Ladies and gentlemen, this just brings about the conclusion of our first inaugural podcast of the Revelation Revolution and I implore you to continue this study with me. I'm going to be talking about some great things. i got some books coming out. Glory to God, I have to write another book. My first one was Unlocking the Door, A Key to Biblical Prophecy. You can still probably get it on Amazon. Uh, glory to God, uh, It's it's out, been out of print for years. It was uh, published in 1995. Uh, glory to God, my first book uh, is in a few libraries around the country. You, you might be able to find it somewhere. Uh, but I'm going to be writing another one. But I do have... One one of, what did want to let you know about my latest work that is coming out is called Counterfeit Charisma 2, The Age of False Prophets. One of the signs of the end times was the advent of many false prophets, and a lot of these false prophets are showing up, not just in magic shows and, and, and in tarot card and, and spiritual reading and all this mystical occultic stuff. Some of this stuff has been packaged for Christian consumption and is showing up in pool pits. In some of our churches, and many are being deceived. You, you're going to want to get a copy of this because this book goes into, a, in depth, the practices of false prophets posing as to be ministers of Christ. So, listen, God bless you and keep you until our next session of the Revelation Revolution. God bless you and keep you in Jesus' mighty name.
2: You Must Know The Times, answers to 25 essential questions on End Time Prophecy, a powerful new book by Dennis James Woods. The world is spiraling out of control at an alarming pace. Wildfires, earthquakes, hurricanes, and floods devastate entire communities. Global pandemics kill hundreds of thousands of people. Social injustice, unrest, and lawlessness threaten our societies. Political instability and the threat of war increase hostilities between nations. The birth pangs of distress are getting more intense each day. The question is, what do all these things mean, and where is this world headed? Unfortunately, at a time when people need answers the most, many do not know about the end times. You Must Know The Times, Answers to 25 Essential Questions on End-Time Prophecy is an eye-opening book that is specifically designed to educate readers on a wide range of subjects concerning the last days. This book will equip you to discern the times in which we now live. You will learn what the Bible says about the signs of the times. The conflict in the Middle East, the tribulation period, the nation of Israel, the mark of the beast the Antichrist, the battle of Armageddon, the rapture of the church, the return of the Lord, and many more essential topics. Discover the powerful message the book of Revelation has for Christians, and the perils that await a rebellious world. The Lord warns, look, I am coming like a thief. The one who is alert and remains clothed is blessed. Therefore, it is vitally important that you must know the times. Be aware, be informed, and most of all, be prepared for things to come. Get your copy today of You Must Know the Times by Dennis James Woods at Amazon, iTunes, Google Books, Barnes & Noble, or wherever books are sold.